What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome back to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast Handicapping Edition. We had a bye week during Thanksgiving. We hope you picked plenty of winners on your own. I went nine and five, so if you're following me, uh, you got some winners, but you didn't get them on this show, but we're back. I'm going to be joined by my good friend and host of Yahoo Sportsbook Daily, Frank Schwab, in just a minute, the handicapper to the stars. Before we get to Frank, I just remind you that all the lines on our show today are courtesy of our friends at BetMGM. And if you're not over at BetMGM, there's a great deal for new users. You can create a BetMGM account and place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. If that bet loses, you get that bet amount up to $1,000 added back to your account in free wagers. You must be 21 years or older in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Terms to apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started or use the promo code yahoo when making your first deposit. All right, let's get him in here. The hardest working man in handicapping, my good friend. Uh, you know, the guy to go to if you need, you need a good pick in any sport. It doesn't really matter. Field hockey, um, lawn bowling. <laughs> Frank Schwab is your guy. Aloha. Scott, I, I mean, I'm going to turn it back on you because we didn't podcast last week. I didn't have a chance in person to say congratulations. Fantasy Sports Writers Hall of Fame. I, I know you're not a self-promoter, so you're not going to talk about it much, but I will because – I might have been happier than even you were. I was like, that is incredibly deserved. It's awesome. The only thing it makes me think is that our fantasy football team we co-own that's in seventh place is all my fault. It has to be all my fault that I have screwed this up. I'm dragging you down in the standings. But no, no, I just I just want to take uh, – I'm sure people have seen it on Twitter or whatever by now. But we didn't podcast last week, so I did want to say in-person congratulations Great honor for you. Uh, great. I, I'm proud to call you my teammate, my friend. And that was, it was great, great news to hear. I appreciate that so much. You, you know, the feeling is mutual and uh, great respect for you. I've learned so much since we've gotten to be friends. And, you know, I, I just wish sometimes we could publish some of the things we say backstage because you know, we have some great conversations <laughs> on life, on handicapping. Some of it may be most of most, for, are, most are just rounders quotes back and yeah, forth. Yeah, right. That's okay yeah. Too. That's okay. yeah if, if you lost the rounder script, you can always go to Frank and I, who, you know, pretty much <laughs> act like we were in the movie ourselves. I, I've seen it. I, I watched it again last week, by the way, when I saw it was on for free. It, on you HBO have to watch every time. Uh, like it's, a, it's an every time. There's like, there's probably six, seven movies in my life that are every single time it's on, I'm turning it on. And Rounder's absolutely in that list. Yeah, I'm incapable 
of going past that. The, the thing I haven't been able to apply in real life, I'm still trying to figure out which one of my college professors would loan me $10,000 in a pinch. <laughs> uh, and, and I love, you know, I was listening that, watching that scene again. This gin, always gin. Yeah. So great. Gin, always gin. Yeah. And, and I love how Martin Landau is speaking in a hushed tone because, you know, Mike is at his house and his and Landau's wife is presumably, you know, asleep in another room. And he's like, Michael, Michael, I hate to see you like this, you know? <laughs> I've not, that, that is the, that is something that you only can gather on like the 150th viewing. So I respect that completely. Yeah. And he probably hasn't told his wife that he, he just loaned <laughs> $10,000 to his degenerate dropout law student, you know, who he believed in two or three weeks ago. Um, but anyway, Rounders is great. Uh, and we did, once upon a time, we did a, a baseball podcast where we talked a lot of Rounders. Um, so that's that's in the archives. I know we did that with Sammy Reed. I know you and I have talked rounders many times. So, and it would be very easy to steer this podcast into a full rounder show. We're not going to do that. We're also not going to talk Panthers. We're not going to talk Browns. We're not going to talk Packers. We're not going to talk Titans because they're on bye in week thirteen. So if you're looking for talk, a breakdown of Cam Newton's five completions from week twelve, you're not going to get it. That's one. That's one pick I did get right last week. By the way, I thought Miami over Carolina was just an easy one, but you know they all look easy after the games. As usual, you know our rundown by now. We're going to go through the island games, the, the standalone games first, and then we will go through the Sunday games. We'll try to do it with the juicier games up top, and then if you want to know where we stand unequivocally, the the too long didn't listen. We'll tell you the games we have the most conviction on, and we'll you know, we'll dot in fantasy news and analysis as we can. Okay, so the Cowboys. Fresh off their overtime loss on Thanksgiving, they get another Thursday game. They play the, at the Saints, who are fresh off their no-show. I don't know what they did against Buffalo. Sounds like Taysom Hill's going to play. Mike McCarthy will not be available. We'll see about Amari Cooper. It's looking probably trending to out for Cooper. Uh, right now, the Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at BetMGM. The total is 47.5. I've been waiting. Not, not that Taysom Hill's a, you know, a, a savior, but... Given the way Trevor Simeon's been playing, I've been waiting for Hill to play. He's finally, I guess, going to start. I don't know how bad the foot's been, if that's why this has been delayed. I know for fantasy, I'm excited. But the Saints have looked, I think the Saints and the Eagles are the teams I never get right. I, I swear, I'm going to go back and look. I, I might be like 1-11 and 11 on the Saints. I'm just always, my cadence is always off with this team. But I think the offense has a, has a puncher's chance with Hill in there. And the Cowboys are missing so many pieces with COVID, coaching, Guys aren't going to be available. We'll see if they get Cooper back. They're optimistic Lamb's going to play. My first inclination is to take New Orleans, but again, I'm always wrong on the Saints. What say you? I'm with you. I, I think the Saints, but I do I do worry about this. I was on Saints last week, and five minutes into the game, I was dead. Like, okay, I'm just on the wrong side here. And there's always a team or two every year where, and not that I'm saying not, not saying I'm sharp, but sharp people flock to every week. Like, oh, the, it's usually the Jaguars for some weird reason. But it's like, oh, this team is undervalued. They're and I worry that we're getting that way with the Saints when the Saints are trying to tell us, we're, hey, we're a bad team. Please don't bet on us anymore. But in this situation, it just, I do agree that they had to go to Taysom. I, even if even if you don't think Taysom's going to help your offense, you have to try because they're just nothing with Trevor Simeon. They, they couldn't move the ball. They were that just, that Thanksgiving game was awful. I don't know if you stuck around for most of it, but about midway through the first quarter, I was like finding other things to do. It was one of the rare games I just had no interest in watching because you just knew the Saints weren't going to win. They weren't going to move the ball. With Taysom, at least it, it gives them a dimension. It, it gives them something. It gives them a, an out, you know. 
Uh, and then you, you talked about all the Cowboys issues. Uh, you know, we can make all the jokes we want about Mike McCarthy, but not having your coach is not ideal. Not having Amari Cooper is not ideal. And I don't think he's going to play. At least that's what it sounds like right now on Tuesday afternoon. It was to tape this. And Zeke Elliott's banged up. And I think at some point the Cowboys have to either cut his carries way back or just sit him. And everything is just pointing to me that just take the four and a half points because the Cowboys have so many questions. And you know what? Maybe Taysom could just grind this thing out and keep them in the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll confess that after the I watched the entire Lions Bears game, and I watched the entire Dallas Vegas game, and and I was just so beaten down by the the Hockley show in that Dallas game, oh, yeah. where they were getting paid by every penalty, and and of course that game got decided by a pass interference penalty. That once Buffalo quickly established that it wasn't going to be a competitive game Sunday night, I'm just like you know I'm I'm a football guy, but I I'm drawing the line here. I'm going to do something else. I don't even remember what I did Thursday night. Probably just ate some more food, but. I, I wasn't not going to stick it out um, because the Saints the Saints were dead in the water so quickly in that so game. Bad. But I'm I'm going to back them again. I, I don't know if I'll do it with any of my actual money, but we do have to pick every game. And uh, my lean is the Saints there. Now, interesting Sunday night game: Broncos at Chiefs. This was originally San Francisco Seattle, and I mean it just shows you how badly things are going in Seattle. That NBC was like, get get us out of the Russell Wilson business, get us out of the Pete Carroll business. Great piece of trick. You probably heard this question. It's a, it's a trick question, but do you know the only quarterback who has a win in Seattle the last two years? Uh, that's a great question, and I don't know the answer. Colt McCoy. Really? Yeah, and then the uh, the source of that question, by the way, I believe was the Arizona uh, Cardinals Twitter account. So yeah, no, that's one, I haven't researched it, but they're they're bragging about how great their backup quarterback is. Uh, that's <laughs> that's how great things are going in Arizona. Yeah, right. So no Niners, no Seahawks here. We'll talk about them in the regular part of the show. Because NBC wants Teddy Bridgewater. I guess the Chiefs have turned things around. The funny thing is it's happened on defense. Mahomes, you know, he had that five-touchdown game against the Raiders, but he hasn't looked like vintage Patrick Mahomes for a while. The Chiefs are spotting nine and a half in this game. The total is 47 and a half. My first thought is I think it's an overcorrection, but the Broncos have been such a variance team. You catch them on the right day, they look really good. You catch them on the wrong day, it looks like they just met. Talk me out of the Broncos because I'm not really eager to punch that ticket. I can't because this uh, it seems like the tax is back for the Chiefs. I mean, they have one big game against the Raiders and they beat the Cowboys. They, I mean, and they covered, uh, unfortunately for me, but they didn't. They, it wasn't the offense doing the work there. And the defense played well. The defense has been playing well. It's four straight weeks now. And we got to just say, okay, this defense is taking a step forward. And it's always a little scary, no matter what, no matter how many times the Chiefs have not covered the spread. It's always a little scary going against them. It's always a little scary going against them at Arrowhead. It's always a little scary taking the Broncos at Arrowhead, who have a, a me, I'm based in Denver, so I know all the history there, and it's not very good. But it's just too many points. It's just way too many points. I think the Broncos can run the ball. I think that they can they could get a few plays. They they do have the skill position talent. I mean Sutton and and you know Fant and all these guys. Uh, Tim Patrick even Jerry Judy's back. They got guys who could who could hit a big play. And I wonder if it's just too many points for me. If this was you know I I, I don't know that I'm you know rushing to the window to take Denver, but I'll be on Denver because again Kansas City's just been so unreliable against the spread that I'm not in I'm not in the business of laying. Nine and a half, ten. I mean, if Denver wins this game, I don't know how all tiebreakers work out, but they would be in first place of the AFC West. They would have a share of it. And I think they would have the tiebreaker at that point with five games left to go in the season. I, they're not a terrible team. They're they're not good, but they're not terrible. So I think nine and a half is the way to go. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Broncos at least as a pick. But the thing that's strange to me is I'm just so I've, I've just grown up with so many Bronco teams having good defenses. 
And this Denver defense in every metric I care about is below average. And it's just yeah. hard for me to, I see the uniform. I think, oh, Broncos, good defense, a quality defense, not a pushover defense. And, and then like things like DVOA are saying, no, 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 the Broncos defense isn't good. And I, I, you know what I do? I will say this though. I, I get, I, you're, you're totally right. I think Patrick Sertan is coming on and that helps them. And I also think that in games like this, Vic Fangio is an asset and I don't love him as a head coach, but I do love him as a coordinator. And I think that whatever teams have unlocked about, Hey, this is how we slow down the chiefs. This is what we do against Patrick Mahomes. I think Vic Fangio is going to gather all that and put together a really, really good game plan against him. Vic Fangio asset. You heard it right here. I hope uh, producer John is going to get a pull quote that and we can get <laughs> some nice, uh, some nice promotion where it belongs. Okay, the Monday game. Get to be excited about this. Uh, this the Patriots this is been, one of the games of the year, Scott. Uh, I'm yep. excited. I've been looking forward to it. Still not really sure what to make of it. The Patriots are coming on. I think it's six wins in a row. Belichick, one of his – finally, Bill Belichick is at the top of the coach of the year odds. Uh, usually, it's just hard for – this is a guy who should have like four or five coach of the year awards. But, it, you know, at some he point – He could have 15 just, at this point. He could be, you know, Gretzky Hart Trophy kind of yeah, He's just – people just get fatigued. You know, they, yeah. they get sick of voting for him. But this is the team that sets up really well for him to maybe win because they don't have an MVP candidate. In fact, the, the strangest thing – one of the sneaky, valuable guys on this team is Nick Folk. He's missed two kicks all season. Know, and one of them was that controversial, should they even try it, long kick in the rain against Tampa Bay. Anyway, they finally get their first of two showdowns with Buffalo. It's the Monday night game. The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites. They've been kind of Jekyll and Hyde lately, but they certainly brought the wood at New Orleans and won that game convincingly. Josh Allen is two and three in the Belichick series. He did win both games last year, and he played very well in the second game. The first game was the game where Newton fumbled in Buffalo. Patriots probably were the right side that day. Uh, whoever wins this has big leg up and winning the AFC East. My lean is to Belichick just because I love how this defense is playing. Both teams, by the way, I think they're one and two in DVOA defense. I think Belichick can maybe get in Allen's head, and I don't trust Buffalo's running game. What's your lean on the Monday Nighter? Yeah, I, I like the Patriots. I like them with the points. I like money line. I think they're a better team right now. I just think I, I said I trashed them after the after Davis Mills threw for like 318 yards on them and said, this is not a playoff team. What are we doing here? And they've been unbelievable since then. I, I mean, they their defense is fantastic. And you can just tell this is the type of team Belichick really enjoys. I bet, I don't know if you've been watching Man in the Arena, but I've, you know, we're through the 2004 season now. And you're reminded that he doesn't necessarily love the teams that have a ton of stars and a ton of, uh, yeah, he likes, the, hey, I like this guy in this spot and this piece in this spot. And, you know, Matt Judon is a, is a versatile guy who can, can, could do this and that. And it, it just, all the pieces seem to fit, especially on defense. The offense, I think is good enough. They're really coming along. Their receivers start to get involved. I think Ramondre Stevenson adds something to their running game along with Damian Harris. I, I just think the Patriots are a better team. We, we've talked about this over and over, Scott, and it's, I finally came around and I finally started to, to, you know, cash some bets against this, but what have the Bills done to really deserve the respect they're getting? I, I you know, they're they were Super Bowl favorites as of a couple of weeks ago before they lost to the Colts, and every week they seem to to be one of the darlings, of, you know, one of the teams that's, that's laying a ton of points. And I just look at them, and I've been kind of nonplussed all season. They've they've beat a lot of bad teams, but what really is on the resume? That win against Kansas City, okay, I get it. it it's important. It was big at the time, but not great. So. This is as much of a fade of the Bills to me as it is a, a pick with the Patriots. I don't, I'm just not, I'm just not that excited about the Bills yet. And they could do the Buccaneers thing and turn it on the last few weeks here and win a Super Bowl. They still have that upside, but I haven't seen it yet. I don't know why I'm going to take them against the Patriots who won six in a row. It is funny how often when New England, when they say goodbye to a major 
factor in their secondary as they did this year. All of a sudden, J.C. Jackson steps yeah, up, and, right. and he's having a Pro Bowl season. And the the Bills just lost their cover ace yep. in Tredavious mm-hmm. White. Mm-hmm. He's out for the he season. Lost. Now, you might say, so what with New England skill talent? But, you know, for all the cat calls when when Belichick went out and, and you know, beat, he did his doorbuster sales where he went out and bought a bunch of free agents. People are like, really, Kendrick Bourne? Like, Kendrick Bourne looks pretty good yeah, he does. the yeah. last few weeks. They're getting mileage out of Hunter Henry. He's a specialty player. He's kind of like a goal line specialist. But he stayed healthy. I don't know. I, th- I agree. This is a Belichick team. This is the type of team he likes. He's a the tagline of the movie. The player was no stars, just talent. And I think Belichick likes that. If he could have a team of Troy Browns and Dion Branches and Mike Vrabel's, I think he'd rather have that than the than the uber superstars. And maybe it's easier to coach a team like that. Yeah, they, I mean, th- this team is obviously bought in, and I mean, defensively, it's just all of their pieces fit correctly. They they can do so many multiple things because. They, they have smart guys on defense, have versatile guys on defense. They can throw a lot of looks at you. And Josh Allen just hasn't been the same dude. Like, I, I, I wanted Josh Allen to be that guy. Bet on win MVP. I bet on the Bills win the Super Bowl. And he's been fine. Like, he, there's nothing wrong with Josh Allen, but he's not exactly the guy who you're like, yeah, that guy's going to torture number one DVOA defense run by Bill Belichick. I, I just don't buy that. Inconsistent quarterback play has been a big story in this season where it, we're talking before the show. I, I feel like most seasons, there's just a handful of quarterbacks you can set your watch by every week. They're going to throw up 300, a couple of touchdowns, three touchdowns, whatever. And this year, I'm never surprised when any good quarterback plays terribly. You know, Lamar Jackson was horrible in the Sunday night game. And as we transition to Sunday, let's go to the Chargers-Bengals. Uh, the Bengals are at home spotting three. It's a 50.5 total. There was no bigger uh, Justin Herbert fan than me before the season. And it's not like I'm giving up on Herbert or anything, but he's been so inconsistent. His last four games, he's had two great games. He's had two horrible games. And it's gotten to the point where I'm, I'm just never surprised when Herbert throws for 350 or, or he throws for 178 and a couple of horrible picks. The Chargers have been a very frustrating team for me. I, I was ready just to follow this team anywhere. I was ready to start planning parade routes. I thought they were the AFC favorite. And I, I got great ticket on them early in the season. I was crowing about that. And now I, I feel like it's like cat litter. I don't think there's any value to that. Now, the Bengals have been inconsistent, too. Burroughs had some good games. They won some games despite Burrow. Uh, I wonder if that Cleveland game would have been different if Burrow doesn't throw the pick at the goal line. Yeah. So I, I guess they don't know what to do here. Okay, I, Cincinnati, I, I'd like to buy in, but they've let me down before. The Chargers have been Jekyll and Hyde. I think the line is probably where it should be. I, I don't really know what logical thought process we can put into this game because I just don't see either team has been particularly consistent. I know the Bengals have better form lately, but they've also, I mean, right after they had their big win over the Ravens, they lost to the Jets next week. What do you make (laughs) of this one? And yeah, it's, it's tough. And I do worry about another emotional letdown. Maybe they've learned a lesson from what happened after the Ravens win and then they go lose to the Jets. But I mean, to beat the Steelers like they did to sweep them, that was a big deal. I mean, that was a big deal. I'm sure in Cincinnati to that team, to that franchise, and now what? I mean, like the Chargers are one of these kind of nondescript teams that are you really getting up to play them, even though it's a huge, huge game in a wild card race, which is absolutely fascinating on the AFC side. But you wonder, is there going to be some kind of letdown? I don't think so, but it, it's on the table. It could happen. I'll be on the Bengals here just because they looked so good last week. And when, when they're humming, that is a good football team. I don't think they could string together, you know, three straight great games in January to make a Super Bowl or anything. But I, I think they could beat anybody in football, really. Like, I, I mean, if they played like they played last Sunday, they're capable of beating anybody, really, in a one-game scenario. And 
I'll just trust that that talent shows up and maybe this is a game Jamar Chase reemerges and and he has a big game. They they definitely have the talent to to put up a ton of points. They're really impressive when they're good. It's just the inconsistency. And you don't like you said, I, I mean, how could you have any conviction on this game because you have no idea which Chargers team's going to show up and you have no idea which Bengals team's going to show up. Yeah, it won't be one of my conviction picks for sure. This next game is a game I actually do feel pretty good about. The Giants who found a way to upset the Eagles last week are headed to Miami, who's uh, spotting, well, I guess what used to be the standard three. I don't know what home field advantage is worth anymore. Maybe not three points, but uh, Miami's minus three at home. The total is 41.5. And look, if you want to say, well, Miami made Cam Newton look, look bad, so what? I mean, it doesn't matter to me, but they made Lamar Jackson look really bad uh-huh. a few weeks ago. They're on a winning streak. There's actually a path for them to sneak into the playoffs Team hasn't quit on Flores. He's got the defense doing some really exciting things. I mean, I love the package they threw at Baltimore a few weeks ago. That's great. Yeah. A, a, a very creative way to, and that kind of got Jackson into the current slump that he's in. I, I think that all started with that Miami game. I don't know what the Giants do well. I know they beat the Eagles in a, in a very ugly game, and the Giants' defense is okay, but I don't trust their offense. I never know which receivers are going to be playing week in, week out. It looks like Saquon Barkley. Isn't it kind of sad how it gets late on running back so early, right? It wasn't that long ago that Todd Gurley was the the cover boy on fantasy magazines, or we were all excited about David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. Christian McCaffrey just had another lost season. And, and I just wonder if Barkley's not that far behind. If like two or three years from now, Barkley might not be in the NFL. I take absolutely no joy in saying that. But I just don't know what the Giants really do well. And I feel like Miami, too, has been better than expected the last few weeks. He's been efficient. I think he's kind of stepping into that job and, and getting some confidence. I, I think this line's low. I think it's going to go up, and I think Miami's the right side. I agree. I agree. I think Miami's playing much, much better football, especially defensively. And, you know, they got healthier in the cornerbacks, uh, you know, in the, in the secondary. That's their strength. They were banged up early in the year. And you could just you just tell, they're like you said, they're gaining confidence. And, you know, we we kind of – I don't know what it is about Tua. I, I – I, I looked at him last year, and yeah, he had his issues, but he wasn't terrible, and everybody piled on him all offseason. And then, you know, even he gets hurt this year, and everybody's like shrugs, like, oh, no big deal. It's just Tua. It kind of is a big deal. Like, it is a big drop-off from him to Jacoby Brissett, and it shouldn't be that big of a surprise that a lot of their struggles came when Tua was either hurting or Jacoby Brissett was playing quarterback. Now Tua's back, and he was 27-32 to last week, which I get it. He's not, you know, pushing a ball downfield every single play or anything, but... Still, like you said, playing efficient football, playing pretty well. It looks like a new team. And like you said, it's it's crazy to say about a team that started 1-7. But you can't tell yourself a story where week 18, they're playing a Patriots team that has nothing to play for, and they're 8-8. They're eight and, eight, and they can sneak into playoffs somehow. It's it's insane, but they're playing at that level, and I think they know they're playing at that level, and they feel pretty good about themselves. And like you said, I mean, the Giants, okay. Like, you beat the Eagles when Jalen Hurts has one of his bad Jalen Hurts games. That doesn't impress me. they still the same team that just fired Jason Garrett because they looked so terrible against the Buccaneers two weeks ago. They're not a good football team. I, I agree with you on Saquon. It stinks. It just stinks watching him play. And just, you know, his rookie year, you were like, this guy's going to Hall of Fame someday. I mean, he was so good his rookie year with all the hype coming out of Penn State and all that. Now it's just like, I haven't seen one explosive play out of him this year, really. Like, what? not one play where you're like, whoa, Saquon. It's just kind of he's he's just there. And I don't know how the Giants extend him. I really don't. I, and like you said, I don't know what's next for him in his career. But anyway, yeah, Miami. I, I think Miami's – if you can get the three, take the three – I agree that's probably going to tick up a little bit because why? I just don't know why you'd take the Giants in this spot. Yeah, I don't see the angle for the Giants either. And, and another angle for Tua, 
not only has he played through his own inj- injuries, but they got nothing out of Will Fuller all year. Right. And Devontae Parker has missed a major chunk of the season. So they thought they were stocking the fridge for him. And, and in fact, it's, it's actually been a kind of a skeleton crew of receivers. So I've gone back and forth on two uh, right now. Put me on. The, I think that glass is half full right now. Maybe it's I think he's like fine. Six- yeah, he's like, he's fine. Like if I've always said this, and I really, truly believe it. If in some alternate universe, Miami had the sixth pick and the Chargers had the fifth pick and it went Herbert Tua and Tua went to Miami with six. And we didn't have this whole thing about like, oh, they passed on Justin Herbert for Tua. We'd probably think of him completely differently. We'd think of, okay, he's, he's a perfectly fine middle of the road quarterback. And he's not the superstar we thought he might be before the hip injury, but he's fine. He's But now just because Herbert went behind him, everybody just loves piling on Tua. Took a Vailoa for some reason. Yeah, that, that neighborhood thing with draft picks. I mean, if if... If Jalen Rieger, say, <laughs> well, I think drafted. Jalen Rieger could have gone with the last pick of the seventh round, and people still would hate him. He maybe, maybe, he but the fact stinks. that he went before Justin Jefferson, who looks like yeah, an absolute oh, yeah, yeah. mega it's one of the worst star, picks. it's one of the worst picks in recent history. You can it, just, just it, it becomes like a Greg Oden, Kevin Durant thing. It yeah. becomes a Sam Bowie, Michael Jordan thing. It's just hard to get away from that. But um, let's 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 give to a credit. He's been he's he's trending upward, and, and Justin Herbert has not been in fine form for a few weeks. So the Washington football team is, uh, hey, they're finally showing up and actually playing a little bit of defense. Yeah. I like this defense before the season. I washed my hands of it thoroughly after about week five or week six, admitted they couldn't play any defense. And then when they lost Chase Young, I, I really kind of written off this team. But they've come up with a couple of plucky wins. I don't know what beating Seattle means these days, but they did finish the job. I, I love how Seattle just never plays a normal game. The old Kevin Clark joke about that, you know, leave it for Washington to almost lose because their kicker got hurt on a blocked attempt that led to a two point play for the other team. You can't make that stuff up. So now the football team goes to Vegas, man, there's another team helter skelter, just crazy with the variance. Just when it looks like their season's dead, they go to Dallas and I know Dallas has issues right now, but I mean, Vegas looked pretty good in that game. Derek Carr looked pretty good in that game. And, I guess Deshaun Jackson is going to be 55 years old someday and still running by people, especially Cowboy defense. You know, don't, don't talk to Cowboy fans about Deshaun Jackson because he's just torched those guys. Something about going to that park really, really excites him. So now the Raiders are back home. They're spotting two and a half to the football team. The total is 49 and a half. I, week to week, I don't see a lot of consistency here. I feel like Heineke, some weeks I see Heineke, I think, oh, okay, he's got, a his, he's got a career in this league. Other times I think, okay, he should be a backup and they'd be a lot better with Fitzpatrick. It was nice to see Logan Thomas healthy again. It was nice to see Derek Carr actually look comfortable. He's had some bad weeks, but he looked good last week. I, I don't think this is a game I'm going to bet on. And if you have a good lean, I am all ears. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Deshaun Jackson is fine against the Cowboys as long as he carries the ball over the goal line and doesn't drop it at the one yard line. But it runs in the right direction. Yeah. Too. He had a touchdown <laughs> against the Chiefs and he pulled the Jim Marshall, which like five five listeners will get. But um, yeah, I'm glad I do. It means I'm old. The uh, this I have no idea about this game. This is not a game I'm going to bet. I'm going to have to pick it, and I'm hoping I could get at least three points with uh, Washington because then I at least feel like I got some value on something. I, I don't know. I don't know what you make of these teams. Washington has played a lot better. They have. I, they still almost blew a game against a Seattle team that had five first downs with two minutes to go in the game. I, I, it's not like they, they're playing great, but they're playing good enough for sure. They play great against the Buccaneers. I'll give them that. Heineke has looked better. Antonio Gibson looks like he's finally healthy, and he's he could be a factor down the stretch, especially in fantasy. Uh, I've been waiting for him in a few leagues, so I'm really happy to see him playing well. I, I'll take, I guess I'll take Washington, even no matter what, just because I'm getting a couple points. I don't necessarily trust the Raiders yet. And Washington has played better, but uh, this is just a 
it's going to have to be a total stay away from me because I don't know what to make of either team. Yeah, we're not sure if Darren Wall will be able to play. I think Foster yeah. Moreau could be a sneaky. You know, if, if you lost, say, if you were a Dan Arnold guy in fantasy, maybe Foster Moreau could be uh, one of your fab pickups. I also think Ron Rivera is the right coach for the Washington football team at this time. You know, they're trying to change their culture. They've obviously had a, a bunch of different things happen. It's been, you know, an absolute carnival show. And I'm curious to see what we find out from the Robert Griffin, the third book, where he's writing a book about surviving Washington, which, which tells you all you need to know. It just, you know, goes in there, things go right for about 15 minutes. He gets hurt. There's all these stories behind the scenes that we, we probably know what, like, one percent of what really has gone on. Yeah, whatever Mike Shanahan Snyder. didn't leak to the media when he was trying to trash Robert Griffin. That's about all right. Exactly, exactly. So that should be an interesting read. I'm going to lean Washington. I think that's a statement because uh, I'm a Ron Rivera guy, but won't put any of my hard-earned money on it. So the Ravens at the Steelers. Um, NFL has tried to tell us, you know, for like ten years or so, this is one of their signature rivalries. I was almost surprised it wasn't a Sunday night game or a Thursday night game. It almost feels like it's always a Thursday night uh, Thanksgiving game for us, but. I'm not enjoying this Ben Roethlisberger, you know, final lap. Um, it, it's not fun to watch. He, he looks 40. He looks Brady's age and Brady looks Roethlisberger's age. Not that Brady's had a perfect season by any means, but, and the Steelers now catching four and a half after doing absolutely nothing last week against Cincinnati, except getting crushed. The defense didn't play well. The offense was a joke. Totals just 43 and a half. And then the, on the Ravens side, Jackson, you know, threw four picks. And I think Cleveland dropped a couple more of them. They can't run the ball. All of Jackson's passing metrics, other than YPA, are below league average. My friend, usually in these spots, I'd say, you know, if Tomlin finds a way, I like Pittsburgh as a dog. Well, I played that card last week, and they got absolutely yeah, oh yeah, boat raced. Mm-hmm. So do I have the nerve to go back on the Steelers again? I do. Uh, because, honestly, like, well, let's take last week. And I know you can't just do this, but let's try. Let's take last week's game out of the equation. Coming out of that Chargers game, I really thought, you know what? I'm impressed with this Steelers team. Not that they're the best team in the world, but they fight every single week. They battle. They know how to win. They know the types of games they need to know how to win. They should have won that Chargers game without Minko, without TJ Watt, without uh, Joe Hayden, too. And I just came out of that game saying, well, the offense looked better. The the defense battled. I mean, they, they, they weren't great for a lot of that game, but they did battle. They fought, somehow found a way to have the lead in that game with two and a half minutes left or whatever it was. And so I was on them last week, too, and it just got absolutely blown out. Now you got to ask yourself, what do we trust? Do we trust that all of a sudden the Steelers are just ready to kind of fold up shop? I, I know they're they're a football outsiders. Their playoff odds are really really low. It's like five percent that they make the playoffs, and they probably know that too. That that this is an uphill struggle. Do they just fold the tent now? And and this is kind of who the Steelers are down the stretch. I don't think so. I, I think this team has a lot of pride. I think they find ways to win. And on the other side. The Ravens are eight and three, and we keep searching for this like reliable contender or whatever. I don't think it's the Ravens. I, I every game to them it seems like a coin flip, and, and they've hit heads time after time after time after time. Uh, they didn't look good last week at all. They should have lost that game. If, if the Browns have a somewhat competent offense, the Ravens lose that game right after losing to Miami. I gotta take the points here. I I, I gotta take the Steelers. I. I don't think they're ready to, to call it a season. They have a lot of pride. They are well-coached. I mean, so are the Ravens. But I just don't think the Ravens are as good as their record. I really, truly don't. I, I just, every week I watch this team, and I got I think one of my biggest bets is on them to win the division, and I don't feel very good about it, to be honest. I, I know they got the game lead, but I'm like, this team, regression's coming. Regression is coming to the Baltimore Ravens because you can't just keep hitting every single green light as, as you drive home. Like, eventually you're going to hit a red light. Yeah, they, they needed all the coin flips to win the Colts game. 
They needed Justin Tucker to set NFL history after a horrible non-call yeah. on the delay of yeah. game. And after a fourth and 19 uh, that, that the Lions gave up. Plenty of breaks in the Kansas City comeback. That yeah. The Chiefs, the, the Chiefs fought, that Clyde edwards Lair fumbles with a minute to go when they're about ready to kick a field goal. Sure. Right. A guy who has no fumble history whatsoever. I think that might have been his first NFL fumble. Do these wins count? Yes. Could those games all could have been losses? And I think at least two of them should have been. I, I still can't believe they beat the Colts in that game. And look, right. Lamar was out of his mind down in the second half. I That's get like it. Right. But like right. yeah. still a bunch of things. Just that, you know, uh, the Colts had the missed kicks in that game. That, that was like the super, the Patriots Falcon Super Bowl, where it's like at some point, okay, Baltimore, every coin flip has to go your way. You can't, you call one wrong and, and you're going to lose. So uh, I'm, I guess I'm with you. Also, Mike Tomlin, right, famously doesn't have a sub, I think, has he gone 500 or better every season? I, I, or he has not been below 500. I know. Yeah, that. not been below 500. So I'm sure there's a source of pride there, and and he'll at least get them motivated to show up. They'll they'll show up on Sunday. We'll see if they actually play well or not. And uh, I guess that's the way I'm going to spin that. I'm probably going to have to lean Pittsburgh again. So I talked earlier about the the Niners and the Seahawks. This was supposed to be the Sunday night game. Instead, it's just lumped in with the the common games during Sunday. 0-3, Russell Wilson is since he's come back. He played a little bit better down the stretch against Washington, but he didn't Last play great. Minutes, yeah. He was terrible um, before that. I, I don't know where DK Metcalf's been. He hasn't been on a football field. I mean, he's I, playing I, with I a bad quarterback the- right now, and I love Russ. You know I love Russ, but he's a bad quarterback right now. Uh, and that's not his fault. He rushed back from this finger injury, and I, I, I applaud him. I really do. I think it's it's admirable that he was like, I'm doing everything I can to get back as soon as I can. We're going to try to save the season. And he came back too fast. He just came back too fast. Well, the market has given up on the Seahawks because the Niners on the road are spotting three and a half. Uh, total is 46 and a half. And man, it's it's just, I'm a, I'm an underdog handicapper. I'm a, I'm a fade, you know, I'm a zigzag guy. The Niners have looked so good lately. It's the team that Shanahan wants, power running. Uh-huh. Garoppolo takes shots down the field, but they're not going to have Debo. Maybe they're getting Seattle as a, as a caged animal right now. I, I, I think the Niners are certainly the better team. I, I, you know, they, they're a team that has some upside. Maybe Seattle season is shot, but this is, this is a pretty big number to spot at a, at a division rival. Who this would this line? If this line was set a month ago, it would have been the exact opposite. The Seahawks would have been giving three. I reflexively have to take Seattle here. I hold my nose, pick all the way. But I have to figure if they have anything, if they have any chance of salvation, any chance of just salvaging a season that's respectable, they show up here. I can't do it. I can't. I got to be on the 49ers. And I think Sam, the Samuel injury is huge. I mean, he's been, other than Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, he might be number three in that offensive player of the year race. He's been great. But you got Ayuk. You have Kittle. Eli Mitchell's back healthy, who's a big deal for them. As weird as that sounds to say about a six-round rookie. I, I think that this 49ers team finally figured some things out. I just don't trust yet. Look, let me ask you this. I, and I'm not going to, yeah, I know you haven't probably looked at, figured out every single quarterback playing this week. But roughly, where would you rank Russell Wilson among your fantasy quarterbacks this week? I, I can't imagine it's higher than like 18th. It's probably yeah, he was in the, in the 20s. He, he was in the forgettable middle. When I did yeah. all the quarterback videos yeah, that will yeah. be in the game tonight. And I realized I'd already done like 13 or 14 videos and there was Russell Wilson. Yeah, Just in I, the I mean, middle of, I'm going to be asked Russell Wilson start sit questions. And I'm, and I'm probably going to lean towards sit. Like here's, in my main fantasy league, I have a co-owner. And Russ got hurt. We didn't even have a backup, so we picked Carson Wentz up off waivers. Would you start Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson the rest of the season? I think you have a choice. You'd have to play Wentz. I, I know it's crazy. Like Russell's just a shot. Like you know, I, I sit here. I, I, I write these Monday night football gamers that need to be up right away. And my whole thing was before the two minutes, last two minutes, uh, and then you know they they did have the drive, so I had to tone it down a little bit. But my whole thing was the Seahawks have to sit Russell Wilson the rest of the season. They can't keep playing this guy. 
Not because of not because of him, but he's not healthy. You can't take a franchise icon and throw him out there. You can't do, you know, Patrick Waugh giving up seven goals and you just leave him out to dry if you're Montreal Canadiens. You can't let Russell Wilson look like a shell of himself and literally have five first downs and through the first 58 minutes of that game because he just can't throw the ball. He's missing routine throws and then he's pressing. You could tell. I mean, when you can't get the ball to DK Metcalf, something's wrong. Like something's really wrong. He looks, I mean, I've watched obviously all three of his games since he came back and it's just, this ain't it. I mean, Geno's, I hate to say this because it sounds so dumb and, and maybe Russ has a 400 yard game on Sunday and I look dumb, but Geno Smith gives him a better chance to win right now. I, I truly believe that. I, and that's, Again, I tip my cap to Russell Wilson, one of the great quarterbacks of our generation, tough guy who came back, but he ain't right. And I don't know what good it does to keep playing him. So uh, just based on all that, I, I just, I get what you're saying. I, and I, I don't disagree with you necessarily. I'm not necessarily excited to take the 49ers, but I have to take them because I just can't take the Seahawks right now. Do you think it's almost a fait accompli that Wilson's on a different team next year? I think so. Yeah, I think it's just... I, I I don't, there's going to be so many suitors and I think this is, this stretch is going to put something in, in Seattle's mind of, well, what if this wasn't just the finger? What if he's falling off a little bit? Maybe we could, maybe we could pull the ripcord right now and get multiple firsts. They don't seem to really value him anyway. They want to, you know, they, they want to establish a run. Let's run about 40 times because that's when football games, when it's, it's absolutely impossible to believe that they actually believe that sometimes. But I don't think they value him enough. I think teams are good. There's going to be a lot of desperate teams out there. I, I hear a lot about Russell Wilson here in Denver. I'm sure when Roethlisberger retires, if he retires, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about that in Pittsburgh and Green Bay if they lose Rodgers and the Colts, uh, whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, everybody. The Carolina, yeah, Tepper is always going to be aggressive that way. You're going to have some teams really involved in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes. And I don't know if the Seattle Seahawks keep saying no. I just don't know that they value him as much as other teams do it. And those other teams are right, I believe. I know the circumstances aren't identical, but and Cleveland doesn't play this week, but it's driving me crazy that I think the Browns would be better with a healthy, competent Case Keenum yeah, I do too. than Baker Mayfield, who's got a, a hundred things wrong with him right now. And, and I get it. Mayfield's at the end of his contract and, you know, he, he wants to prove his mettle. He wants to prove that he's tough and everything. But it's every every player is going to tell you he can play. You know, it's like every starting pitcher in the seventh inning can say, oh, I got plenty in, left in the tank. And it's up to the coaches. It's up to the organizations to be the adults. It's up for Cleveland to say or Seattle to say, you know what? You're, you're hurting yourself right now. We need to play the healthy guy. And, you know, Geno Smith was okay when he played. I mean, they, they almost won the Rams game on his watch. I know he didn't play great against Pittsburgh, but he, he wasn't. I don't think it was a horror show. And then they won a, they won a home game after that. You know, I, I think they'd be better off. I don't see why Geno Smith isn't playing right now. And yeah. even though Cleveland's on by – I would just let Case Keenum play indefinitely. I mean, he's got history with Stefanski, too. So there's a comfort and familiarity there. They won the game against Denver when he started. It's hard. It's just, I I, I will say that. It's hard to, it's hard to be like, you know, get in front of the media on Monday and say, hey, we're going Case Keenum and Baker's on the bench. Because you know what the reaction's going to be. You know that that's just what anybody's going to talk about for months and months and months. And same with Ross. I, they can blame the injury, but he's... I, I like you, like you said, r- players aren't going to say they want to sit, and Russell Wilson ain't going to want to sit. Russell Wilson would not be happy if Pete Carroll went to him and said, "We got to sit you. We, you're just not right. Yeah, we don't want to screw you up physically." And Russell Wilson wouldn't enjoy that. He's the guy who didn't sleep basically, so he could get back within five weeks of that surgery that probably should have knocked him off of the season. And uh, yeah, so I, I get it; it's tough, but you're right. And I, I think that football wise, if you're being honest, you say. Case Keenum gives us a better shot. Gino gives us a better shot. But there's a lot more involved in that than just what helps you football-wise in that week. Try to transition a little bit speedier for the lightning round. So the Buccaneers at the Falcons. 
since Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay, he's just feasted on these guys. He had a five touchdown game earlier this year. It's in Atlanta. Of course, it's a big spread tax for Tampa Bay. They're spotting 10 and a half uh, totals, 50 and a half. Are you comfortable laying this big of a number with the Bucks on the road? Uh, not really. The Bucks have been a lot better at home and not great on the road. The Falcons have been better with Cordero Patterson. As who would have thought I'd be saying that three months ago? But I mean, he's—they've really been. I mean, they needed something after you know Ridley isn't playing. They need something other than Kyle Pitts. They need—you could see in that Patriots game—they just had nothing. They had no options. Well, Cordero gives them something, and I, I think that not that it, uh, it's a comfortable pick, but I'll be on the Falcons here. I lean that way. They—they they in the first meeting, they were in that game for a really long time. It got away from them in the fourth quarter, but. Uh, the Buccaneers haven't been one of those teams. I, I just, I'm going to end up of their, of the Buccaneers 17 games this year. I'm probably going to bet against them 14 times just because the lines are always too high. Do you think with, with Debo and Cordero Patterson, do you think this is going to be an NFL trend where we see more hybrid players, receivers who get a lot of work in the backfield and they're, it's almost like a positionless football. I love basketball teams that play positionless where you talked earlier about Belichick. He loves a defense where guys are versatile, can move all around. Is this, Cordero Patterson, Debo Samuel, are they just kind of unicorn players or is this maybe a trend where the NFL may be headed? Uh, a little bit of both. I think you need the right guy to do it. You can't just stick like Devontae Adams in the back. Maybe you could. I, I don't really know. But I, I think you need a certain type of player who has that kind of all-around skill set. But I think teams are going to be looking for those guys. And I think teams are going to be saying, you know what, why don't we try whoever in our backfield and see what happens. Why? I mean, why, why are we stuck with this notion that, you know, Stefan Diggs needs to line up out wide every single time. What if we just said, Hey, let's put him in the backfield and see what happens. I don't, I, I think you're going to see more of it, but you're just going to have to be the right guy to do it. The irony is that we thought the Falcons had a unicorn in Kyle Pitts and he is, and I don't blame it on Pitts. I think it's an Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan thing I more than anything else, but he has not looked like that player except for a couple of select weeks. And it's just, you know, if, if you had missed the whole season, Frank, and you came back, I said, oh, yeah, the Falcons have a, a big difference maker in fantasy. You'd be like, oh, Calvin Ridley went off. Oh, Kyle Pitts is, is breaking the game. Oh, Matt Ryan, Renaissance. Season. I didn't even said Mike Davis. What, Mike, like, Mike oh, Davis? Wow. What? Right. He, he leads the league in touches, you know, 3.9 hey. a carry, but he's got 13 touchdowns. No, no, no. It's right. quarter. I mean, how you might have guessed Gage. You might have guessed Russell Gage before quarter right. Patterson. I, I saw something. One of my one of my good friends was we were talking about Young drafts, and we're looking over yeah. ADP. I think Cordero Patterson's average draft position in, in experts leagues was like 607 or something like that. So something absolutely insane. And now he's a top 25 player. Well, I, I made it clear that once you get outside the top 600, Cordero Patterson was about as good as you could do. And I, I hope people follow that advice. And, uh, and our, our, I have him in one league. I don't even know what, what I bid on him to get him. And I don't even think it was that much. I just feel so lucky and, it was tough when he when he was out, man. It was like, oh, I got a tough game this week. I don't I know, right? You're like, you know? oh no, Cordero Patterson's yeah, on a Patterson buy. What am I going to do? Uh, speaking of getting back your best players, the Cardinals and Bears are hoping to get their two most important players back: Kyler Murray for the Cardinals and Justin Fields for the Bears. The Bears are at home in this game, seven and a half point underdogs. The total is forty five point five. It's this is a very difficult game for me to handicap because I have no idea what version of Murray we get. I have no idea what version of Fields we get. I have no idea the level of engagement for the Cardinals. So right now they're in the pilot's chair, but it's an out-of-division game. Do they just kind of show enough to win, or do they come out fully engaged? So, again, not a game I, I think I'm looking to bet on. What was your first lean on this one? I like the Cardinals. Uh, they're coming out the bye. I think that they really – they learned a lesson last year when they were playing Kyler at less than 100%. And I think, anyway, this year that they said – 
we're 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 going to be a little careful here. We're not putting him back on the field until he's close to 100% as any NFL player can be in December. And Colt will be fine. We'll win, you know, hopefully we win a game. And then they went 2-1, and one and it ended up being a great gamble for them. I think Murray comes back. I think he's healthy. I think he's the Kyler Murray we're used to seeing at his peak. And it might not last until January, but I think for this game, he's going to be close to 100% as he gets. This Cardinals team is just so much better. And for as much as we want Justin Fields to be great, and I do. I, I loved him at Ohio State, and I thought he was going to be a really, really good NFL player. He's been... He's had moments for sure. He's getting better, but he also has games where you're just like, ah, this is, he's got a long, long way to go. And the game against the Ravens when Andy Dalton had to take over, I mean, feels was terrible in that game. I, they weren't going to score in that game. And, and Andy kind of came in and gave control to the offense. I don't know that necessarily fields coming back is the best thing for the bears to win games in December of 2021. It's best for their future. It's, it, it's the move they got to make. They can't keep playing Andy. There's no reason for that. But I think in this game, it's all Cardinals. I just think they're a far, far superior team. I got to give a lot of credit to Cliff Kingsbury. If you had told me Murray would miss this much time and would be hurt enough that they'd really have to dissuade him from running. I mean, his rushing stats are way down this year. They've had a lot of missed time from DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Chase Edmonds has missed time recently. And what's happened? You know, Kirk has stepped up this game. They've gotten production out of A.J. Green that I didn't think was – really realistic. Uh, James Connors having a nice season. The defense has, has been good. I mean, I mentioned Belichick earlier for coach of the year. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be in that conversation too. I think if one of those guys gets the number one seed and the other doesn't, I think that's the tiebreaker basically. I mean, the, the, to win, to go two and one with Colt McCoy and without DeAndre Hopkins, without Chase Edmonds, without J.J. Watt, sure. Cliff Kingsbury, if they get the number one seed, I, I'd have no problem with him being coach of the year. Well, we know Dan Campbell isn't going to win coach of the year with the Lions, although I think he's done a pretty good job with a, a lousy hand that he's been dealt. But, man, I wish they had finished the job against Chicago because I don't know who's gonna, who the Lions going to beat. I don't yeah, see the win on their no schedule win. this no week. On schedule. They're at home. Uh, they're catching seven against Minnesota, 46.5 total. So you would, you would think the Vikings, uh, even with, with Cook out, Madison's a very good backup. Really good fantasy team because they have such a narrow target tree and usage tree. It's like, okay, if they score a touchdown, you know pretty much it's Cook, Madison this week. It's Thielen. It's Jefferson. You know, they occasionally throw a few passes to Ty Conklin. But they have the narrowest tree in the league. And Cousins is one of those guys. Wentz is having a season like this too where the stats look better. I think I think you watch Cousins play to play and you have a version of, of how good he is in your mind. And then you see the stats like, wow, numbers really that good? But I, I guess they are. Man, after watching the Lions have like 17 holding calls on Thanksgiving and, and, and watching Goff just feel like he, he has to get rid of the ball right away. I mean, it felt like a miracle. They threw a long touchdown pass to Josh Reynolds. I, I don't like spotting big numbers on the road. And I know Campbell has – the team has not quit on Campbell. I'll give them that. I don't even think the defense is that bad. But I'd like to think the Vikings have enough firepower to make this number. What do you say? Yeah, anything seven or less, I'm totally fine with. I thought this should have been double digits. And let's not – DeAndre Swift is out too. Uh, and he's been the Lions' best offensive player, I think, by far. I, I don't even think he could argue it. I, and they're probably going to be without him with the shoulder – uh, so, how, you know, how the Lions got score, I think the Vikings are a quality team despite their record. And, you know, which, which teaser in the world is not going to have the Minnesota Vikings on it this week? Like, I mean, that's just obvious, right? Like, you have to put the Vikings in any teaser you have to get them down to one. I, I think the Vikings roll here. I, I don't I, – I, I like the way the Lions have played most of the year. 
I give credit. Yeah, Campbell screwed up the double timeout thing. I get that, but they've played hard for him. I think he's gotten what he can out of this talent, as sad as that is to say about no 10 and one team, but they're not beating the Vikings. And I just can't, I, I can't, it's gotta be Vikings or nothing here. Well, can I give you a teaser leg with the Eagles? They're spotting six and a half to the Jets. This was supposed to be the Eagles' easy schedule, right? I mean, they get the Giants last week. They no-show that game. Just when I write off, Jalen Hurts is you know the, like, the safest thing you can do a quarterback. He throws up all over himself, three interceptions, doesn't get in the end zone. Jets coming off a win. You know, the, the Jets, every once in a while, they show, I'm mean, not that beating Houston is cause for a parade, but they beat the Titans. They beat the Bengals. Every once in a while, they show up. I don't think that team's quit on, on Salah either. Not that I am convinced that Salah or Campbell are longtime solutions a coach, but at least those teams still seem to be playing hard. How do we handle the Eagles laying six and a half after last week's no-show? I don't love it. I just, you don't know what you're getting out of Jalen Hurts. Uh, he is... He is the guy, we've talked about this, you've mentioned this many times, that there's no bigger gap between real-life value and fantasy value than Jalen Hurts. Like, his, if you have him on your fantasy team, you're thrilled. You think he's great. You watch him play, and you're like, this is, he's good sometimes, and he's really, really bad other times. He was really bad last week. I don't want to trust him. I don't want to go into a game where I'm laying a fairly big number. Uh, the Jets are a bad football team. They really are. And their defense had that stretch where they were giving up 40 to everybody. But... I don't know that the Eagles necessarily team take advantage of that. I, I just, maybe I even end up on the Jets in our pick and pools or whatever. I, I, this ain't a game I'm going to have a dime on, though. It's a, I don't know how you could have any any real, true, honest opinion about Eagles-Jets right now. The thing that drives me crazy, I understand that rookie quarterbacks are going to have ups and downs, and, and we can't expect miracles right away. But somehow Zach Wilson has been the fourth best quarterback on the Jets. I know, roster. that's, that's saying something. That's and look scary. at who we're talking about. It's not like they have those high-end backups. It's, it's not like, you know, they have the Case Keenums and the Ryan Fitzpatricks or guys like that who you might feel confident playing or Joe Jacoby Brissett. They're playing journeymen. They're playing, that guy's still in the league. That that guy, where did he go to college? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they do not have a great backup situation and all the backups have outplayed Wilson so far. It's very scary. It's troubling. It's, it's yeah, these guys are in the same offense. I mean, like Josh Johnson comes in on a, a Thursday night against Indianapolis and has a better game than Zach has had all year. Yeah, that that is not a good sign for New York going forward. But we'll see. I mean, it's 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 just a, he's he's still still a young young guy. Josh Johnson has been at least been around for two decades. It seems like now. This is kind of a silly question. If we redrafted, if if the NFL redrafted the 2021 NFL draft. I still think Trevor Lawrence is the first pick. Who would be the second pick? You know, and I think people would say Mac, right? But I don't know. I, I think that Mac ended up in a perfect situation. Like I, if, I don't know. I, 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 I was surprised at the at the time when Zach was the number two pick, because he had a breakout senior season when, or final college season. I think he was a senior when his best competition was Coastal Carolina. Like uh, okay, like, I, I get like guys can come from small schools and be really really good, but. That was a little weird to me. I thought it should have been Justin Fields all along. And I might say the same thing. I think maybe, you know, I mean, would I don't think Jamar Chase would go ahead of any of those quarterbacks, right? Because it's such a quarterback league. You almost have to take the QB. But I, I think in my mind, I I would go Justin Fields number two. And maybe Mac is much higher up the board than he, he ended up going. Yeah, it's that classic nature versus nurture argument that, you know, I mean, what if Tom Brady didn't get drafted by the Patriots? What if, what if Tom Brady was drafted? That's nothing against Mac. I mean, this is right. NFL football is so much more of what situation you land in than we ever want to admit. And we just it, it, that's there's only ha- like especially quarterback. I, I've always believed this. I'll say it often. I think there's five, six, maybe seven guys on this planet who 
You can stick them in any situation, any coaching staff, any set of uh, teammates, whatever, and they're just going to carry everybody on their shoulders. And then there's a really, really big tier behind those guys of guys who I'm good, but I'm not going to. I, I mean, I mean, I can't take a terrible situation and make it good. I think Matt, Matt that's the Matt Stafford tier where everybody thought Matt Stafford was in that first tier. And, oh, my God, the Rams are going to get the MVP this year where we're finally seeing like, no, Matt Stafford's a good quarterback who you can win with. But don't expect him to you know, carry your franchise on his back when it's not when it's yeah, not. Steve Young well, couldn't right. carry the Buccaneers. Steve right, Young looked yeah. like his career was almost over. And then he landed, he went from the worst possible situation going to the best possible situation. When the Cowboys drafted Troy Aikman, it wasn't until and, and Aikman, you know, an undeniable Hall of Famer, but it wasn't until they had the roster around him. I think Aikman didn't win again. He went zero and thirteen. I want to say his first yeah, year. I think Steve Walsh won that game. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so. Um, and there was even know, a time. Go back and look at history. There was a game, the game against Detroit, and I think ninety two, when basically Jimmy Johnson voluntarily started Steve Berline. Like it was Aikman was coming off an injury. And he said, I'm healthy. I can go. And Jimmy was like, let's get, let's just give you another week, Troy. Like, let's let's give it. it when everybody kind of knew that Troy could have played if he wanted to. But it was still he wasn't that guy yet. But but he ended up Troy, I think, is the ultimate guy that way. I, I Not to go on a Troy Aikman rant, but I, I mean, has anybody ever been in a better situation than playing behind that line, handing off to Evan Smith, throwing to Michael Irvin? Do you even Jay Novacek was a Jay dude Novacek, for a while? Sure. Like, Alvin Harper for a while. Yeah, I mean, Troy ended up in a really, really good situation. I'm glad you mentioned Steve Berline, too, because that means after we finish this podcast, I'll go down the 1999 Carolina Panthers <laughs> rabbit hole the where they were, Berline was going to get benched for, I think, it was, I forget who their backup was, Jeff Lewis, maybe. Oh, I think and it was then, uh, Lewis, yeah. Berline had a, a do or die. This is the last play of the game, quarterback draw against Green Bay, where he scored, and Berline was very slow. And he scored on that play. And then the rest of the year, Carolina was just putting up monster numbers. And they got into a final week of the season, week 17, where they had to try to make the playoffs on point differential. God, we so need to bring were, that back. We need to bring th- that back. Yeah, they were winning a game. They were winning yeah. a game comfortably, and yet they were still throwing the ball down the field. You, you had Patrick Jeffers had a out of nowhere you know, one hit wonder career season. We have seen Muhammad, for my money, one of the most underrated players in fantasy or NFL history. He had a great year. He later had a 16 touchdown season later in his career, but uh, that Carolina Panthers team just hit lightning in a bottle for about five weeks, and they probably won a lot of fantasy championships. That's why I always say, I'll say it on this show, I'll say it with Andy, I'll say it in all the other th- all the other media I do, just get into the tournament, man, and then maybe you find the Steve Berline, maybe you find the the Patrick Jeffers, maybe you find the, the Billy Volick, the Drew Bennett, you know, that, that skeleton key that, that drives you. It doesn't have to be who your first round picks were. I mean, right now, if you look at the, the top 30 picks in fantasy this year, there's like 21 landmines. You yeah, know, yeah. You, you only need to hit on a couple of guys. And, uh, and one of, one of my best forward. teams was uh, the combo of Ezekiel Elliott and Antonio Gibson. Neither of those guys have been good, but got Debo Samuel late. And Mark Andrews has been really good at the desolate tight end position. And, you know, you hit a couple green lights. And, yeah, they, they, we could do another hour on just how crazy the first two rounds have been. There's been like three hits out of those 24 guys. It's, it's One of those insane. hits, uh, undeniable, has been Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he goes to Texas this week, where uh, to Houston, I should say, where uh, the Texans are eight and a half point underdogs. The total is 46.5. How interested are the Colts going to be in this game? Are you going to lay the wood or hold your nose and take the Texans? Uh, I'm not taking the Texans. Uh, this is this is the second part of your teaser. Like, if, <laughs> you tell me the Texans are going to beat the Colts. Okay, I'll, I'll just tip my cap and move on. I I think that the Colts' role here, 
they're a good football team. They really are. They lost a ton of close games. They lost games early where they shouldn't have been losing. But I think just I think they're like eighth in DVOA. I think they're a playoff quality team that might not make the playoffs, but I think they're they're fine here. They're going to win this game, and I, I have no problem. I wouldn't have a problem taking the seven, but this will be a teaser game for me for sure. Yeah, I, I sign off on that. The last game here, and I, I don't know who's going to watch this game. Maybe maybe diehard LA Ram fans, but the Rams, man, you know, off their bye, they did not play well at Green Bay. Matthew Stafford looks hurt. They have some other injuries they're dealing with. Obviously, Robert Woods is out for the season. Uh, they're laying twelve and a half to the Jaguars, who are probably counting the days until the season's over. You know, has any offensive player improved this year for the Jaguars? That's to me the way to really condemn that coaching staff is show me the player you've you've gotten something out of. Show me the player who's improved under your tutelage because they it looks like they have no idea what to do with Chenault. They have no idea what to do with Robinson. They didn't want to start him really and kicking and screaming they they play him. I don't think Lawrence has gotten better, but I put that all at the coaching staff. Uh, the total on this game, if you're so inclined, is 48. What's your lean, Jacksonville, LA Rams? Yeah, I believe last week Treadwell led them in targets, and it's like, congratulations, La- Laquan Treadwell. Really, that's who we want to feature. All right, yeah, that's your future, I guess. Uh, I, I'll take the Rams just because, like I wrote about in NFL Power Rankings, the Rams are that team, and I, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago, and it's it's won me some money the past few weeks. The Rams are that team that. If you're, if you're, yeah, if you're over 500, they're going to lose to you. They're one and four against teams are over 500 this year. Their only win was against the Bucks and they will just beat the heck out of you if you're a bad team. And the Jaguars are obviously a bad team. The Rams are going to be fine. I'm, you know, I'm sure each of their receivers going to score a touchdown in this game. Maybe even Higby gets one. They, this is a game the Rams could put up 50. It wouldn't surprise me at all, but then they're going to play a team that's over 500 and I'll probably be betting against them. So now it's up to the uh, the too long didn't listen portion of the program. Who are your conviction picks? What uh, right now is in ink? What what are you pounding the table for? I really do like the Vikings. I think that that's just kind of a mismatch there. I, you know what? I, I, I the Steelers do stand out to me. I might change my mind by Sunday, but I, I just think it's 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 too much of an overreaction last week, and I always like to kind of dodge overreactions. And then I think the Broncos. I, I'll be on them. And the Patriots, the Patriots are probably the one game on this board where I'm just like, especially because I know this line has been bouncing back and forth and it was three and a half for a quick second. If you can give me three, the full three or even three and a half, I'll be on the Patriots. I'll be on the money line. That's one game where I, I actually have conviction. I just think they're a better team than the Bills right now. Miami and New England are going to be my conviction picks. I think somebody's knocking at my door, so I'm going to try to wrap this up as quick as I can. For more betting advice across various sports, be sure to subscribe to the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily podcast on your platform of choice you're also welcome to subscribe to this podcast we appreciate that if you're on twitter scott underscore pianowski yahoo schwab yahoo fantasy for all your great fantasy advice memes jokes pickups all that good stuff matt and dalton will be back tomorrow for stat nerd thursday a preview of that cowboy saints game until then for frank for john for whoever's at my front door i'm scott pianowski straight cash homie pick some winners we are out Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all state to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.